Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. My dear friends, the more we learn about consciousness, which is the base creative force that continuously manifests everything that we think is real, the better we begin to understand not just how reality works and how we should be living our lives, but also how we can best tend our own mental and spiritual gardens, if you will. How can we live our own best lives? And that's really the point, isn't it? I mean, it's easy to convince yourself that your life is eternal. It's simple to convince yourself that reality is benevolent, beautiful, and built on love. And frankly, if you're not there yet, let me help you. It's easy, easy to get there. Um, and if you keep learning, you're going to be there soon. And that's wonderfully empowering. But when you really internalize the truth, you'll transform your life from a tragedy, you know, life sucks, then you die, into a comedy in which you are the hero or heroine, and you know for sure that you're infinitely loved. But then what? By the time we grow up, we all have scars. Get halfway through life, and there are even more scars. Realizing that we live eternally is a great beginning, but how can you free and empower yourself so you can live powerfully, fearlessly, and truly live your very best, most successful, most loving, most wonderful life? Well, this week and next, we're going to be talking about that. I've chosen two books that resonate with me and two sets of approaches, really, that may resonate with you. And we're going to be exploring these different approaches to your own personal empowerment. There is no one right way to get there because we're all different. We've all had different experiences. What resonates with you might not do as well for someone else and vice versa. For most of us. If we want to be truly and deeply happy in life, it's important that we do the right things, the best things we can with our own lives. So our guest today is James Purpura. His story and his wife's really almost defy belief. James was a homeless drug addict 15 years ago, and his wife, Steph, was a childhood victim of sexual and emotional abuse who attempted suicide. That's where they were. But they learned how to overcome their limiting beliefs, and they built and sold one of the, I can't believe this, they remembered 15 years, is we just, is, we're just going back that short a time, but they built and they sold their own um, large, what is the largest construction software company in the world, or one of them. They also built their own personal development philosophy in the process, which hinges on the study of perceptions. James believes that our perceptions define our world and dictate all our decisions, and he has developed concepts based in his and Steph's experiences, which explain how we develop the patterns that dominate our lives. His book is compelling, I have to tell you. There's no way we can cover it all today, but we're going to cover some of the parts that I think will resonate most with you. These concepts that James has developed show us how we can view our lives differently. Whatever happened in the past, it doesn't have to cast a shadow over our future. After affirming that their philosophy really did work, James and Steph Perper created a company called Powerful You as a way for them to give back their knowledge to the world and help as many people as possible to evolve their lives. This is very, very important. 
And frankly, it's an area where I've been remiss in all my conversations with you. My whole life has been so easy. I realize that now. I hear from people whose lives have been so much harder and have a loss to help them because I haven't had those experiences. If you think you might need some bigger help than I've been able to give you, then today is our gift to you. Welcome, James. I'm delighted to have you here. Roberta, you know, I knew there was somebody that didn't have any trauma in their life, and I've never been able to find them until today. So I'm so happy to meet you. You're the one. So you're the one. I am the one. Um, actually, it's kind of upsetting to me now, but um, I, I had a very blessed life up to now. And I, I would love to be able to help people who have had horrible experiences. So your book resonated with me so much. Um, and I'd like to talk about it, but we can't talk about the whole book. Maybe we'll have to do this again to, to finish more of it. But um, a few of the things in it I think I really want to point out to people because they'll help them even now a little bit and then maybe they'll read the book and be helped more one of the things you said was that you had what you called a descent into hell can you tell people about that how were why why were things so bad 15 years ago can you talk about that put us there sure i mean you know the beginning of the story probably was about 20 when i went into jail um (laughs) so you know, and then I was there for a couple of years, and then I, it took me a year after that to meet Steph. So we're probably, you know, 17 years into this journey, just Uh-oh. to be clear. But so here's what we try to do as part of our book and a part of our movie. And you've, you've read the book and you've seen the movie. And what we're trying to say to people is everybody's on a path to somewhere. Given what you've been through, your life makes perfect sense. And so what we did was we we facilitated telling our stories. So my story starts out with me in kindergarten and I had some I had some learning disabilities. And I remember the very first day I went into the special ed class, the teacher called me up in front of the room and she said, only stupid and retarded kids go to special ed. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Right. And I was I was noticeably shocked. And so um, before I left the class that day, when she told me to go to the special ed class, she made everybody in the in the class call me stupid as well. I can't see I, that was in the movie that was you know, the way it was done. There was very effective. I could not believe any human being would treat a child like that. You know why? I, I couldn't people? believe it either. I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't. I literally couldn't believe it. Right. Because I was standing there, I was literally in the movie. You see it very clearly. Like I was shocked. Like what? Right. And oh yeah. In that moment, right. And so I went home that night and I told my mom. And my mom was a undiagnosed bipolar depression. You know, um, bipolar and severe depression. My dad was. You know, they were divorced off doing drugs, and so it was like. I went home and my mom just didn't have the capability. She just said, the world's a tough place. You're just going to have to learn to live with it. And she just didn't have the capability. My mom was totally unprepared for life. And so, I mean, she was. She was a nice woman, but she was unprepared. She was was totally unprepared because she had some massive abuse in her childhood. And so the next day I went to school thinking, okay, this is just a one-time thing. But it wasn't. Every single day. The teacher would bring me up in front of the class, tell me I was stupid, and make the whole class tell me I was stupid on the way out the door every day for a year. And that's how my school started off. And that's where my story started off. And then my wife's story really started off with, you know, she was sexually abused by a neighbor kid, and her parents got a divorce, and her dad abandoned her. 
And so essentially, you know, fast forward in my life, my life led to eventually into lots of despair, lots of failure. I kept trying. Eventually, I moved to drugs, and then I was homeless, and then I ended up in jail. Yeah. And my wife's life ended up going very dark a lot quicker than mine did, and she ended up in a brutal suicide attempt, waking up on the bathroom of a hotel floor. And so essentially what we're trying to do as a part of the book and the movie to say is that we were on a path to those places because of the beliefs we adopted because of our childhood experiences. And without intervention, everybody's on a path to somewhere. And if you don't wake up and, you know, be real with yourself, you're going to end up in a place that you may not like. Right. You can start to look at it. And so we're really trying to draw that into people's awareness of, you know, like there's no magic in life, right? You know, two plus two always equals four. You're on a path to somewhere and you can take a look at your life today and go, if I don't change, where will my current path end in my relationships, in my job, in my finances, in my health and fitness, right? You know, because so oftentimes, you know, people get cancer or have a heart attack or something, and they're saying, why me, God? Why me? Yeah, but right? that is their like, lifestyle, right? Exactly. Right, and it's like, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> right. Right? And it, that's, I, mean, I don't want to sound crass because I'm not being crass. What I'm saying is, is that we all have insights into the direction of our lives, but we constantly lie to ourselves, and we're waiting for this act of God type of change to happen, which very rarely ever does. Yep, that's right. So the book, the the book is called Perception: Seeing Is Not Believing, and that's the title of the movie too. Are, are we going to be able to share the movie with our listeners? Is that Absolutely. allowed? So not with the link that you currently have, but they can go onto our website and view the movie on our website. Okay, good. In right. our app, and I recommend seeing it because it's it, there's a lot of information in there that will change just about anybody's life. Doesn't it's matter. Very what well done. Talking. Extremely well done. Very professional and very real. The people are very real. I kept wanting to, to hug Steph so many times right. because, you know, when she was a child and she didn't understand the things happening to her, I just wanted to hug her. But that's that's the mother in me. But right. I, I wasn't really that happy with the title because I thought there was so much more in the book than that. But you called it Perception, Seeing is Not Believing. Tell me, tell us why that was the title that resonated with you. All right. So let me ask you a question. So Uh if seeing is not believing, you know, what is it then? What is perception? And so the reason we call it perception, seeing is not believing is because there's two things that dictate our lives path, period. There can only be two things, and they are perception and emotions, And our relationship with perception and emotions, because they are the two things that dictate our life path, we should be expert in those two things. But most of us don't really understand those two concepts. And so that's why we titled it Perception Seeing is Not Believing, because it's a description of people's lives. And people don't understand that title because we've been told our whole life, you know, I'll see it when I believe it or I'll believe it when I see it. Right, that's right. Actually, the opposite is actually true. Okay, talk about that. That's a good insight. Right. You will not believe it when you see it. You will see it when you believe it. And that is based in the science of perception. And here's what the science of perception says. You can only see things 
that you to be believed to be possible. The more you believe them, the more likely you are to see them. The less you believe them, the less likely you are to see them. And I just lost half of your listeners. No, no, that's a, this is very important, everyone. I mean, there's, there is a great deal of information that suggests that very little of, we, of what we think we see actually comes through our eyes. Correct. It's, it's what we believe. You're absolutely, totally right. In fact, I've read that that when the first, um, um, you know, English ships in the 1600s started to come to to the shores here, that they were invisible to the natives because they had never imagined such a thing. Never, yeah, exactly. And that's a hard thing to believe because it's there. But I'm going to <laughs> once and for all prove this to all of your listeners. Good. Okay. Uh, I've got a question for you, Roberta. Can uh-huh. you have the thing that you want most in the world sitting right in front of your face and not see it? Oh, probably the answer is yes. <laughs> right. But, you know, I was on the phone yesterday with somebody and they're like, no. And I'm like, really? Let me prove it to you. So here's a little story that we tell to prove this principle. And I'm going to put it out to all of your listeners. Can you have the thing that you want most in the world? And people are just like sitting around like we don't have interest. We don't have information into the mystery's life. It's actually quite simple. And here's the story. I want you to imagine a man. This man wants more than anything to be loved. He wants to be in a relationship desperately. But he has abysmal self-esteem, right? A really poor self-image of himself. One day this man walks into the store a store, he walks up to the counter, and the girl behind the counter starts flirting with him. My question for you, Roberta, is does he recognize the girl as flirting with him? Probably not. Everybody says that almost exact same phrase, probably not. And if anybody listening to me said probably not or no, then you already understand how perception works. But let's look at this. So what you're telling me, Roberta, is this guy has the thing that he wants most in the world sitting right, or at least the opportunity to get it, right in front of his face, and he can't see it. The question I have for you is, what if that's happening to you? Okay, so what you're saying is there are all kinds of different ways that things could be presenting themselves to us, but we don't perceive them as the opportunities that they truly are, or the gifts that they truly are. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that it's happening to all of us every single day. Because if we believed it, we would already have it. If there's things that you want that you currently don't have, but you've already set your intention for it, the opportunity to get those things is already presenting itself. You can't see it. And so uh, you're kind of a spiritual show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about for a second, the law of attraction, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a fundamental flaw in the law of attraction, the way that people, most people explain it. And so what they do is they get these vision boards and they sit and they visualize on these things and they expect this magical force to bring it into their awareness. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's not actually how the law of attraction works. The law of attraction works exactly the way we were talking about it. The reason that you stare at these boards at the things you want is not to draw them into your awareness. It's to foster belief so you'll see what's already there. Isn't that a profound statement? That's great. Thank you for that. And yes. so if if your life is not how you want it to be, it's not because you've done anything wrong. It's because you've done the best you can with the information you have available to you. It's an information problem. So if this guy, you know, has the thing he wants most in the world, 
you know, why doesn't he see it? Oh, I said he had low self-esteem. So why would a belief that's on the inside impact what's going on on the outside? And that's perception. Here's the bottom line is what you feel and believe on the inside is interpreting what you see on the outside. So therefore, what's on the inside always reflects on the outside. And it can't be any other way because we don't have access to reality. We only have our interpretation of what reality once was, and we're using the past interpretation. So the guy might be like looking at the girl, she's talking to me, right? The reality, the subjective, objective reality, she's she's flirting with him, but he doesn't see it because he doesn't believe it's possible. He's like, a girl like this would never be interested in me. She might, He might even be getting angry because he feels like she's teasing him or something. Yeah. Why is she messing with me, right? But right. I'm going to prove it to everybody really quick one more time, okay? that this is happening to you all the time. I'm gonna prove it to you in two ways. First one is, I want you to imagine you're in the store with the guy. He's at the counter, the girl's flirting with him and you're standing off to the side. This guy turns around to walk out of the door. What do you say to him? Uh, I don't know, <laughs> I, I'm say, not sure I would dude, say anything. You would know, you would say, no, you're with him, right? Oh, oh okay, he's my friend, okay. Right, and you'd be like, you know she was flirting with you, right? Yes. Okay. It, yes. Well, what do you say? Immediately, it would it would come into his awareness? Oh my God, you're right, and I missed it. How did I miss it? We've all had that experience. We've yes. either been the friend, or we've had, in fact been the person. Right. And so the, here's how your mind works. Your mind, and it's really simple. Why he doesn't see it? Quite quite frankly, it's a matter of capacity. Your mind takes in millions of bits of information a second. Based on your current set of beliefs, your subconscious mind delivers you the information for your conscious mind based on what you currently believe to be possible. Right. So That's if you right. don't believe it, your sub so it would just be like, would you go to the end of the rainbow and look for a pot of gold? No. <laughs> because you don't believe it's there. Right. So your subconscious mind is not looking for opportunities that you don't believe are possible. That's exactly right. Period. No, it's just true. a capacity problem. Yep. So, and I can show you how your mind works in that way. It's it's really simple. It's like, I want you to imagine the car that you're driving right now. I want everybody to imagine the car they're driving. And I want you to imagine either you decided you were going to get that car before you went to the dealership or you bought it at the dealership. Most people just go and buy a car. Right. But when you got that car home and you put it in your driveway and you start driving around your town, all of a sudden, everybody in your entire town is driving that car. And you're going, wait a oh, second. Yeah, that's where, interesting. Yeah. Where, where did all these cars come from? You didn't notice them because your mind wasn't on the lookout. Those cars exactly. were always there. Yep, that's right. I've noticed that, too. <laughs> we live in a world of infinite possibilities, but your mind can only see what it believes to be possible, period. It's just a matter of capacity. So the law of attraction is about fostering beliefs so you'll see the opportunities that already exist. But you you really were a mess. I mean, I'm sorry, you were. And and Steph was a mess. And you were able to transform your life to the point now where you are by every measure successful. Financially successful, professionally successful, personally successful. You've got five children and a beautiful life. That's a trip which so many people would love to be able to make over just 15 years, please. And and so what I was trying to understand as I read the book was how can we best express to people 
that that's possible and how you did it. How I mean, well, here's a quotation. If we are just doing the best we can with the information we have, how can we improve on the information we have to create a better life? I, I wrote, I, frankly, I wrote so many quotations down from your book. I'll probably just throw them all at you. But, but what, how, how did you take your lives apart? How did you even know to do that so that you could make a better life starting from scratch? So the first epiphany that I had was in the jail cell. One day I was sitting down and I was writing these long lists of people who had harmed me. And I had this thought. I looked at this list and I had this thought come over me and it said, the only common denominator between all of these situations is me. So, yeah, either, so either I created all of these situations or the world really is a crappy place and I probably don't want to play anymore. But I couldn't create some of them. Either I'm the creator of my existence or I'm not. Period. And so I really thought about what that meant for me. And what that meant for me was this, is if, in fact, I created all of the bad things in my life, then I needed to go back and take responsibility for everything. Right. Or if I didn't, then the world really is a crappy place. I probably don't want to play anymore. And that was my option. On that day, I decided that it was all my fault that I created all the bad things that happened to me. And uh -huh. let me let me back up. Okay. Because I, I know that all, and here's the all. So my life became about responsibility. I took responsibility for everything. And let me be very clear. I don't ever take responsibility for somebody else's actions. Right? So the next question I had to ask myself is, what is the creative element of my life? Right? And so as I thought about that, I went back to that abusive situation in kindergarten. And I said, well, did the abuse define me? And so often when we get into a victim mentality, we want to say, well, yeah, that abuse screwed me up and it screwed up my life. But if it was the abuse that defined me, I'm stuck forever. Right. Right. right so right. If, if it wasn't the abuse, what was it? And here's what I discovered. It's what I chose to believe about myself through living through that situation. It was my choice. So the teacher offered me a choice to think, believe that I was dumb, to believe that I was stupid, to believe that I was not good enough, right? But it was yeah. still my choice. And it's true, the five-year-old version of me made the best decision they could with the information they had available to them, but it was my choice. And if it's the choice of what to believe, then I can change the choice, even though I can't change the, the belief. And so oftentimes people are like, oh, you were only five. And I'm like, stop taking my power away. Right. Oh, because wow. it, it's my choice. It was my yes. choice. Then, it's my choice now. And you can change to choose to change what you believe about yourself. It was my choice to believe that I was stupid. It was my choice to believe I was dumb. And it was those beliefs that created my crappy life. Not the abuse, because not everybody that's had abuse has allowed it to destroy them. Yes. That's where I got to. Yes, yes. And if, not one, if it wasn't one person, then it couldn't be the abuse. And so here's what I want to say to your listeners. Everybody listen to the sound of my voice. I'm going to tell you something that I discovered after I wrote the book. And I'm going to tell you as well. What if I told you you've never made a bad decision? <laughs> Would you believe me? No. Okay, Roberta, that's a very honest answer because everybody was like, yeah, I agree. And because they're always like, they're always like, because I learned from it. No, no, no. You literally never made yeah. a bad decision, Roberta. And no, I'm going to prove I... it to you right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to prove it to you. I promise. Okay. You're blown away. 
All right. None of your listeners made a bad decision because we all make decisions the same way. We take all the available information at the time and we make the best decision we can with the information that's available to us. A bad decision would be, I'm going to make a decision right now that is not in my best interest, that I currently believe is not in my best interest. You're not even capable of doing that unless you're mentally ill. We only ever make decisions we believe that are in our best interest. Therefore, we've never actually made a bad decision. We've only ever made decisions with bad information. That's now, right. That, what's that's different? What the, but yes, but I mean, I'm just thinking of some decisions. It doesn't matter what they were, where I was misperceiving my own best interest. Because I, I tell people all the time, you everything you, you, you do is made in your own, every decision is made in your own best interest as you perceive it. But what if you were being short-sighted, you really were focused on a trivial, you know, reason or something, those would not be good decisions, right? I mean, well, no, so let's, should, let's look at it. I tend so to think on the fly, though. I mean, I so should think at, more. But yes. here's, here's where it gets, let's look at it. You've never made a bad decision because bad decision would be a decision that you know is not in your best interest at the time that you make it. Okay? Oh, okay. Period. All right. Okay. All right? Only ever made a decision with bad information. Why is that important? Because the distinction is there's nothing wrong with you. You make decisions the same way I make decisions. Right. We look at all of the available information and we make the best decision we can with that information. Okay. And so that means that there's nothing wrong with you. So you can stop beating yourself up because you're very you're just as good at making decisions as I am. <laughs> It's an information problem. Yes, it is. It's I an think information that's a very problem. good point. Period. Yes. Period. Yes. So you can stop beating yourself up. Because if I have something that you want that you haven't been able to accomplish, it's not because I am better, smarter, faster than you. It's because I had better information when I made my decisions. Period. Right. And why that's important is because people spend so much time beating themselves up over stupid decisions they've made. And yeah. the answer is, it wasn't about you. Stop beating yourself up. It's about the information. Yeah. Right? Like, it's okay. How do I upgrade the information? Guess where you get your information? Perception. Right. That's Period. all I see. No, I see why the book is, the title is important. Okay. Right. right. Here's another related quotation from the book. It's a little bit longer. If there's one thing we could say about ourselves, you and Steph, it would be that we became very good at eliminating contradictions. When we found a belief or behavior that was not serving us, we'd move on to immediately change it. Either do the work or change your goal. If you're not ready, then you will only cause yourself undue suffering. This is why it's important to be clear about all the changes you want to accomplish. And here I can imagine a huge list. Prioritize them, Cinda, and set your goals. Once you've done that, tackle them one change at a time. Set everything else aside. You have to clearly give yourself permission not to do those other things right now. This, to me, is crucial to what you and she accomplished over this time. The choice to worry will still come up. You need to have strong narratives prepared to deal with those choices because the pattern of wanting these things still exists inside you. I thought that was so powerful. So, all right, there are 80 things I want to change about myself. What you're saying is prioritize them. What's, what's the one that you want to most change and what's the next and work on them one at a time? Because 
for most of us, it's well. I want to look twenty eight and, and lose fifty pounds, and plus uh, get a mini piano. You, you know, I mean, yeah. and what you're saying is one at a time, and that is so important. Because here's what happens, right? You know, and I do. I beat myself up for years. I was like, today's the day. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And, you know, you go to the office and somebody hands you a donut, right? And you're like, oh, a donut. It's a birthday donut, right? I love donuts. You eat the donut. Tomorrow I can do all that stuff. Right. You start beating yourself up, right? Uh And so when you think about all these unconscious goals – Every time that you do not move in the direction of an unconscious goal, you are creating guilt inside of you. Yes. And you only have so much energy in any given day. And when you hit that peak of the fourth thing that you didn't do that you should have done, right, which is generally the fourth time you hit the snooze button, you've already let yourself down four times, right? It's like... (laughs) Then you've created so much anxiety into the whole day is done. You're just like, screw it. I'll try again tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's a new day. And that's how it goes. And so it's like get a lot of clarity around the things you want and tackle them one at a time and give yourself permission not to do the other things. It's like, yes, okay, so what's my biggest priority? Maybe it's eating healthy, right? And it's like, Uh well, I also want to go to the gym, right? But, you know, right now I'm going to focus on eating healthy. I'm going to give myself permission for the next 30 days not to go to the gym so I don't create all this worry around the things I'm not doing so I can focus my attention and energy on the thing that I am doing. And then as I habitualize that thing, I can add another one and add another one. And it's like, well, that's going to take me months. Well, that's better than never getting there. That's better than never. Exactly right. Which is what we all do. Right. We constantly beat ourselves up for the things that we're not doing that we think we should. So we have to give ourselves permission. And so where that statement comes in, it's like either do the work or change your goal, period. Because if you don't do the work and you still have the goal, then you're creating suffering inside of you. Every time that you don't do something, you're like, God, why why can't I do it? Why can't I eat better? Why why am I so weak? Why am I so stupid? Why am I so That's right. Exactly. And we all have friends who do that. We all know people who are like an Eeyore. It's like we all do it to some degree. Right? Well, I like to think I don't. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, well Roberta's the only one guy. (laughs) See, here we are. There it is. The outlier. We talked about not seeing reality people. It's a complete it's a clear demonstration. <laughs> well, you know, but the point is, at least I'm perceiving good stuff, right? Well, and that's it. I'm, you know, I think it's another interesting narrative when it comes to perception is negative versus positive. Yes. Right. And so, you know, I hear all this talk about. I don't know if you got you know any pessim, if you know any pessimists, but they don't call themselves pessimists anymore. What do they call themselves? Realists. Oh, that's right. Oh, yes. I'm a realist. No, you're a pessimist, right? Just likes to call yourself a realist. And so what is the difference? And this is from a perception point of view, this is really, really important. Okay. so what does positivity versus negativity do? Here's what the pessimist slash realist fails to understand. Their negative interpretation of the world is no more real or less real than my positive interpretation. Right. Because it's all based in interpretation. There is right. you have no access to reality. That's perception. Exactly right. But there is a cost to pessimism, though. And this is it. And this is what people need to understand. 
when you go negative, so your, your perception works much like your eyesight. You only see what you believe to be possible, right? Well, when you're negative, your perception works in a limited field, right? And right. so when you are positive, it opens up the field so that you can see more of the available opportunities. I mean, yes. About your physiology, you know, your head's up, you're looking around, you're interacting. When you're negative, not only do you make the most negative circumstance the most likely now, right? And that's what a self-fulfilling prophecy is. Yeah. But the good news is you're not going to, to get any of your hopes and dreams fulfilled, but you get to be right. So congratulations. Oh, you're, right. right, you get to be right, period. It's like, oh, hey, I oh, knew that was going to happen. Oh, that yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> There is no earthly way we're even going to get to fear because we've hardly even started here. And and um, we I, I want to make sure we we sort of close this part up. But then we you not you're going to have to come back. I'm sorry um, because fear is something I really you did so much good with that. I want to make sure that we share that with people. I can give people the quick narrative on fear. No, no. There's a there's a whole other conversation you and I want to have. So um, we'll, we'll we'll do this again. But. To, just to people listening are thinking, wow, so they were in the gutter, really completely in the gutter, uh, both of them, a couple, and they one by one made these changes in their lives and they ended up building and selling a very successful company to the point where I, you, I guess you must have made a lot of money doing that. People would kill to know how that was done. Because, you know, they're not in the gutter and they're trying hard, but they're not having the kind of success you have. And I have to believe it has to come from the way you learned how to prioritize these improvements in your life and stuck to the process. So let's talk. I mean, you say only when you absolutely know you have the capacity to take on the next thing on your list should you attempt the next change. That took a lot of discipline, didn't it? I mean, you must have wanted to drink life from a fire hose and instead you really, really prioritized and, and stuck to that. How, well, did you, how did you do it? How did you develop that kind of discipline? Well, let's, let's, so let's talk about that for a second. So from the time I got out of jail to my first million dollars was nine years. It took me from nine years from the jail cell to a million dollars. Okay. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> and so, right. And, and so the question is how, and yes. the answer is we would spend every night, you know, when everybody else was watching Netflix and going to movies and going to parties, we were sitting at home working on issues, changing perceptions, you know, changing what we believed about ourselves in the world. Right. And this process actually was excruciatingly long for us because what we've done in the book is we've cut the time frame because now you understand all the principles underneath it. We didn't know the principles. Right, you were figuring right. it, it was out. Just like, right. One day right. you're like, hey, I got an idea. I hate myself. How about I start telling myself I love myself? Right? And so, wow. like, yes. okay, I'm going to tell myself I love myself a hundred times a day or a thousand times a day. And I would do it. I love myself. I love myself. And I hear this little voice in the back of my mind and it would say, liar. Right? <laughs> but yeah. eventually it seemed like less of a lie. And then eventually it seemed true. And so, essentially, what, what we did in the book and the movie, especially in the book, is we boiled it down to the three principles that you need to understand to create happiness or to create wealth in the outside world. 
and the principles you need to understand to create happiness on the inside world. What it takes to create happiness and wealth are different, right? And we've all made this, and we all know this, right? It's like, oh, okay, well, you know, rich people kill themselves more often. All those, you know, people sitting on Wall Street are miserable, but they've got lots yeah. of money and they can be on cruises. And then there's <laughs> the spiritual people that are all happy but broke and sick, right? It's like, well, can't we have both? And the Wouldn't it be nice? Yes. You can actually have both. And here's the answer to the question is that even though it takes different things to create wealth than it takes to create happiness, there are two, two sides of the same coin that we call perception. Creating in the outside world is about shifting your perception of what things mean on the outside. Creating an, happiness is about shifting your perception of what things mean on the inside. And you can actually do those things at the same time. And so the reason you buy the book and watch the movie is because we're going to save you 15 years because it shouldn't have that to be that long. Yes. Because the information you need, the few beliefs, we've set up assessments where you can go in and see exactly which beliefs are holding you back. Right. Because I used to go to, you know, one of these, uh, you know, spiritual churches like the uh, you know, Church of Religious Science place. And I went there and I was like, these guys say all these fantastic words, but they're all sick and broke. Right. Yep. And if I feel yes. one say, good advertisement, right. If right. One, one person says namaste to me, I'm going to throw up on them. Right. Like, <laughs> you're, you're like, you're sick and broke. Why are you teaching me about manifestation? Right. That's right. That's and right. I'm like, and it's like, right. right. I'm like, well, what is it? And so everything we're doing is based, based in science. There's two. There are two principles that dictate everything that you do. And it's about your perception and your emotions. Perception's about the outside world. Emotions is about the inside world. When you understand those two principles, life becomes easy. You know, when we started shifting, we didn't know it was about perception and emotions. And all of a sudden, opportunities started showing up. And everybody in the world, after eight years of work, thought we were the luckiest people on the planet. I'm sure they did. Oh, wow. my God. How are those opportunities showing up for you? It's like it's like you win the lottery every day. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's like, no, it took a lot of hard work to get here. Years and years and years of challenging all of the beliefs. Yeah. And so if your life isn't what you want it to be, it's not because you've done anything wrong. It's because you made the only decision you could with the information you had available to you. That information comes from your perception and your emotions. When you shift what you believe on the inside, everything shifts on the outside. And so one of my favorite teachers, who I lost the name, um, you, you know, said, you know, when you change the way that you look at things, the things you look at change. Yes, yes. yes. And I, I uh, Wayne, Dyer. <laughs> Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer said that. Right. He wrote a book called Seeing is Believing. Same principle. Right. right. I didn't even know right. that. We wrote our book. But essentially, here's what's happening. And this is what I want your viewers to understand is that everything that you're pointing at in the world that you don't like is you. Yes. It's being reflected out. So if you think about That's it as right. a video game or a movie, you are literally, if you were playing a video game, your beliefs are being projected on the screen of the world, and that's what you're interacting with. That is so profound. That's absolutely true. Yes. So if you want to change, and this is where we, we all get wrong, it's like we're all running around trying to fix things on the outside. I'm going to fix this. 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 That would be literally like sitting in a movie theater saying, I don't like this movie, and you go up and you start slapping the screen. <laughs> right. Because that's 
because you're not interacting with the world. You're interacting with your beliefs about what the world is. Yes. So if 95 of your mental cognition is on the inside, then what you're interacting with is in in your subconscious mind. That's what you're interacting with. And so what Steph and I did over a long period of time was we didn't get rid of the darkness at first. We just put enough good ideas where the good started outweighing the bad in our subconscious mind and the teeter-totter kind of tipped to the positive, and we started seeing opportunities and started taking advantage of them. That isn't the optimal way to do it. We rate the optimal way in the, in the book, which is going into your past to impact your future by challenging the beliefs and the emotions tied to all of your past experiences. Yes. How much time do we have? Uh, just a few minutes. But I, we're going to talk again. Um, one of the things that I teach quite a bit is how we can do away with fear and how essential it is because the opposite of fear is love. And if we can raise, want to raise our vibration, we have to do away with the fear. And I loved a lot of what you said about fear. So we're going to, in a few months, we're going to have James back to talk about fear. But I want to talk right now about Powerful You. Um, you say it's the world's first personal evolution company. Powerful-U.com is the website, and so everyone can go and learn about it there. And do watch the video. I thought the video was excellent. But tell us a little more about Powerful U. Yeah, so the video just won Best Picture at the L.A. Film Festival, though, I believe. Really? I'm not surprised. And it, wow. it, won, it won Best Documentary at the Hollywood Film Festival. So it's wow. winning awards like crazy, and not just in the documentary category, because it really resonates with people. And so yes. it's exclusively available for on our website. So here's the deal is that, you know, I when I was sitting in that cell and I decided that I was going to change my life, I used to sit there and joke, you know, I'd yell out in the pod, like, I'm going to make the greatest comeback of all time, right? <laughs> and, and these right. guys would be like, yeah, whatever, jackass, you'll yeah. be back, right? It's like everybody <laughs> right. else. And it was like, if I ever made it to the top, that I would give back the knowledge that I created. And so when, when Steph and I created this idea of perception and emotions, I went to the leading expert in perception in the entire world. And I set up all these theories on perceptions and I shared it with him. And he said, those are exactly right. I have the same theories based on science, like my field of perception, which is you can only see what you believe to be possible. He calls the field of possibilities. And so he's a good friend of mine. He's in the movie. His name is Bo Lotto now. And so Bo teaches it from a scientific perspective. And so what we decided was we were going to reinvent the personal development space. And here's what I would say. Tony Robbins is great if you like him. But if you don't have tens of thousands of dollars, you're just never going to see him. Right. At least not live. And so what we want to do is we want anybody who wants that has the desire to learn should have the ability and information to learn. So everything we do is super inexpensive. The book's 15 bucks. The movie's $12. We actually have a content personal development platform, uh, like a Netflix platform for $12.99 a month. We have an assessment that will tell you exactly where you're stuck for 20 bucks or something like that. And so it's like we want to give you the information, the teachers, and the knowledge you need to transform your life to get anything you want. Here's what I realized is, look, you want money? I'll show you how to get money, right? Yeah, there's an easier way. I would go for happiness and then roll that into money. Yes, but, that would you know, be better. You decide to do whatever you want with it. Because the point is, is I'm going to meet people where they're at because, you know, I was, I was somebody was telling me the other day, we got to do this giant environmental thing. I'm like, you're wasting your money. And they're like, James, bite your tongue. 
I'm like, until we lead people out of pain at scale, nobody's yeah. ever going to care about the environment. That's true. And so I'm going to meet you where you're at. You want money? We'll tell you how to make money. You want a relationship? We'll tell you how to get love. Right? You want you, whatever it is. Because perception and emotions dictate everything that you do. And so we've created this entire ecosystem around the best teachers, the best knowledge, science-based content to help develop and change people's lives. And we call it powerful, the letter U, because it's not James and Steph International, because it's not about us. It's about you. You. Yes. You, right? And it's about the teachers and it's about the collective. We want to reshape the personal development space because the gurus, in my mind, is the wrong way. As soon as somebody starts saying, I am the answer to everything yes, you need to yes, know, I run in the other direction. That's it's right. Curious. Absolutely right. It's about yes. a collective of teachers. And like you said at the beginning of the show, it's like I got somebody on next week and they're different approaches. It, look, there's many ways to the top of Mount Fuji. Pick one. Yes. Right? It's like, yes. Pick one. But wow. pick one. <laughs> I am so sorry we're coming to the end of our time. We could do this for another two hours. But um, Powerful-U.com is his website, and we'll put it in the materials as well. I do recommend the movie, um, and I, the book was, I thought, wonderful. It's, but it was a lot like drinking information from a fire hose. There was so much of it there. You're going to have to read I, it more than once. I mean, I, there's so much. It's Guys, here's the thing. I've had a lot of people read the book and review it, and here's what, the, what we're getting back, is finally, this isn't a retread. This is brand oh, new information. New. That's right. It is new. And and you're going to have to read it several times. And look, I had a, I had a podcast recently. It was like, please, will you do one thing for me? I'm like, what? And she's like, build a workbook. So I have That's agreed. That's a good to, idea. Yes. You know, take these principles, put them in the workbook, because there's a lot there. But this is a handbook for your life. It will literally... When you read it or see the movie, the light's going to turn on and you're never going to be able to turn off again. You will literally know how life works. Yep. Because you've been stumbling around in the dark thinking we don't have answers to the age old questions, but they're there. And we've put them in this book. James, you did a wonderful job with with so far. You've done a wonderful job, but um, I think that the best is yet to come for you. There is so much to come from what you have done so far that you can build on. Now, I'm I'm so pleased to know you, and we will have you back very soon to talk about fear. But meanwhile, we've got to do a quick hug and say thank you so much for being here, Roberta. It's been a pleasure meeting you. I really enjoy your laugh, by the way. I'm glad that we <laughs> guys. If you're not having fun, you're doing something wrong, right? Stop taking yourself so serious. Yeah, no, life is meant to be joyous, and, and this is one way, really, that I think many people will be able to make themselves joyous. So, everyone, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so really I'm so glad you were with us today. Yeah, I laughed more than usual. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you fully grasp all the implications of that fact, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guest will be Shanna Lee, and she's an intuitive healer and manifestation coach. Her book is called The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life. And her website is thesoulfrequency.com. She does a great podcast, too, called The Soul Frequency Show. And I've been her guest there twice. 
She's someone else who is helping to lead the conversation on raising your personal energy frequency and creating a life founded on truth and enlightenment. And all of us are working on this now. As as James said, there are many ways to get there, but we have to find the way that works best with us. So next week, she's going to talk about what she believes is the right way for you to do all of these things and how human life actually works. And in particular, how you can use all this knowledge from James and from Shanna, from others too, to make your own life as perfect as it can be. This week, we've been talking with James Perpera. I I knew he would be this kind of person from his book, and I so enjoyed interviewing him and meeting him. After overcoming their horrible past, he is a drug addict, and Steph, as the victim of sexual and emotional abuse, they built and sold one of the largest, get this, soft construction software companies in the world. And they help one another to be, overcome their powerful past and become these beautiful, strong people that they are now. The book is called Perception, Seeing is Not Believing. And <laughs> frankly, empowering yourself is the most important thing you can do. And I think that this is one of the, especially if you've been damaged a lot, this is one of the most powerful ways that you can empower yourself. Their website is powerful-you. And what he says about fear is to me so important that I'm going to invite him back and we'll talk only about fear and in that and other contexts, because the most important thing any of us can do is to overcome fear. So, Try to find the time to read this book if you can. I can't imagine anybody whose life James and Steph Perpera's hard-earned wisdom cannot improve. As you know, I have a number of nonfiction books out. No time to, to recite them all, but they're available on Amazon and in bookstores. And, of course, all the adult books are available as, as audio books. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net, realrevolutionradio.com, iTunes, iHeart, and a bunch of other places. There is a free app in the app in the iTunes App Store if you're, you'd like to just get an app that will automatically get each episode every week. And if you ever wonder, of course, where we are right now, just go to, to robertagrimes.com and click on the tab that says Radio. And, of course, anytime you have a question or you want to know something or you want to share something, I answer every email. It can take a few days, but I love hearing from you. So don't hesitate to just go to robertagrams.com and send me an email. Meanwhile, my dear friends, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you in particular in all the universe, you in particular are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.